Father, for, for many decades now, you've provided for this church. And we have no doubt that you'll continue to provide even through this pandemic. Lord, we give thanks that when we were virtual only back in the spring, people just faithfully and consistently gave all throughout that time. And Lord, we have no reason to believe that they'll do anything otherwise now. Lord, as we live in the midst of our prosperity, this gorgeous building, the comfort and luxury of America, Father, help us not to forget that everything we have is a gift from you. Make us good stewards of all that you've placed in our possession. For it's in Christ's name that we pray. Amen. Well, 2020 has been quite a year, hasn't it? We think about all the things that have taken place during this year and how it started. I think for most of us, uh, we look at 2020 and we just think, no, thank you. There was some way to, to undo it or, or do without it. I think most of us would want to be there. We saw ourselves leaving through a global pandemic that uh, I, I don't know today if we, if we still fully understand. And they tell us that they have a vaccine. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that it's going to be safe and it's going to be effective, but none of us really know. In the spring, we saw so many people who were uh, unemployed because of the pandemic. We saw businesses struggle. When I was talking to uh, our, our Chamber of Commerce here, someone told me that many of the businesses had confided in them that they weren't going to be able to reopen. In addition to the pandemic and th the physical effects it's had on us, many people are suffering mentally and emotionally because they've been in isolation for months now. Many people... Are, because they're in a high-risk category, haven't left their homes except to get groceries or go to the doctor. And so they've been isolated from people. It's, it's a very frustrating time that we saw our, our nation live through a very divisive political campaign. We saw rioting and violence all across the nation. And here we are, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. As we think about what's going on in our world and what's going on with some of you personally, I know we have church members that have lost loved ones. We have church members that have gone through multiple surgeries throughout this year, have struggled with great physical pain trying to recover. So we think about where we are here just at the doorstep of thanksgiving. How do you give thanks? How do you give thanks in a pandemic? How do you give thanks when you're losing your business? How do you give thanks when you're suffering physically? How do you give thanks when you've been isolated to your home for months? How do you give thanks? Psalm 92 is where we're going to be at today. And this psalm tells us that it's good to give thanks to the Lord. And I truly want to encourage you today. I know that we have real problems. We have real struggles. Some of you are fighting for your health. Some of you are fighting for your families. Some of you are fighting to keep your business. We have real problems. I know that. 
But I believe as we look to God's word, God provides us a way to look beyond the moment, to see outside of our circumstances, and to recognize that for those of us who have been saved, in our worst moments in this life, on this earth, we still have a true reason to give thanks and to be grateful. So I want to invite you right there in your living room or wherever you may be, would you just join me in standing as we read God's Word together? Psalm 92 is where we're going to be at today. And we'll read the entire Psalm, all 15 verses. Here's what the Bible says. It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night, to the music of the lute and the harp, to the melody of the lyre. For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work. At the works of your hands I sing for joy. How great are your works, O Lord! Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord. For behold, your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. You have poured over me fresh oil. My eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They are ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. Let's pray together. Father, we give thanks that you are our rock. And Lord, today I pray that we would take comfort in this. I pray that we would search and see the many ways that you have blessed us and provided for us and protected us. And Lord, I pray for all those things that we would give thanks, genuine thanks from a humble heart, recognizing that you're the one who has given us all that we have. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. You may be seated. Well, as we think about where we are in life, there may be a long list of frustrations and, and hurts and, and, and pains. Uh, I, I know personally, uh, it's very frustrating to me. I got up today in a, in, a, in a very good mood. I felt great. I sat around and drank coffee with my wife. And then when I entered the building today and thought about it, it was empty, I really just kind of found myself in a, in, a, in a bad mood, just thinking about here we are again, back in, in uh, meeting only virtually. I think about where we are as a church, and, and I know that we've had uh, not just conflict in our nation, but conflict in our church. And uh, just this week, I got multiple messages. Thank you for shutting everything down. And on the other side, you're a coward. Why don't you open everything back up? That's where we are. 
Why is everybody wearing a mask? Why isn't everybody wearing a mask? Constant conflict and tension. And I'll just say, I'm not, I never claim to be a medical doctor. I'm just trying to do the best that I can. We've all got frustrations, and as we face the pandemic, we're, we're not going to find any easy solutions, and we're not going to find any immediate relief. But as we think about what the Lord has given us and what he's done for us, we have a reason to give thanks. The Bible talks about the work that God has done in our lives. And God is at work in our lives. And he's at work in our church. Even when we can't explain it or define it or know what God is doing, God is at work in our lives. And sometimes it's only as we look back that we see what God was doing. And so the Bible says in verse 1, it is good to give thanks to the Lord. It is always good to give thanks to the Lord. The reality is there are times in our life when we feel like we don't have anything to give thanks for. But if you've been saved, there's never been a time in your life that you didn't have something to give thanks for. And it's always good for us to come together and give thanks to the Lord. Maybe you find yourself in many places in life when you don't know what the wise thing to do is. You may find this situation with your children as a parent. You may find it as a business owner. You may find it in a relationship with your spouse. Sometimes we find it in the midst of church and how to lead and how to go forward. And so when we wonder what's the right thing to do, the Bible says it is always good to give thanks to the Lord. That, that means there's never a time in my life that I can't stop and truly give thanks to the Lord for what he has done. Think about some of the things that we can give thanks for. The Bible says in verse 2, to declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. To declare your steadfast love in the morning and your faithfulness by night. I've not lived as long as many of you have, but I've lived long enough to see massive change in the world. I've seen companies come and go. I've seen politicians rise to global dominance and then die off and be forgotten about. I've seen a lot of things change throughout my life. But I tell you something that's never changed. The Lord is exactly the same as he was when I was saved as a child as he is today. And throughout my whole life, he has been steadfast and faithful to me. Just last year, if you'd have said to me, we won't be meeting in the building anymore. We'll all be going around wearing masks. We'll be asked to social distance. There'll be a shortage on toilet paper. I don't know what the connection is between shutting things down at toilet paper, but now once again, we have a shortage on toilet paper. So I don't know what to tell you about that. A shortage on toilet paper. Isn't it crazy how things can change so fast? They can change in just a minute in ways that we can't predict 
or anticipate. And yet in all that change, the Lord remains the same. He is steadfast and faithful. Think about relationships over your life. Have you ever entered into a relationship thinking it would last forever? I know people that I grew up with that we were just the best of friends. And now we're strangers, acquaintances. Think of people that I thought that I'd be close with forever. And through conflict, we no longer have any kind of relationship. I've been in uh, business relationships before that I thought would last for forever. The Lord is steadfast. We don't have to worry about this relationship ever ending. We don't have to worry about the Lord doing something to betray us or to abandon us. He is steadfast and faithful. And out of all the change that I've seen in my life and all the relationships that have come and gone and all the things that I've seen, the Lord is still the same. And I want to encourage you when this is all over, and I don't know how it'll be over for you. Just this week, I, uh, I buried a lady who died because of this virus. And that may be the case for you. For most of us, I expect we'll come out on the other side, and I don't know what it'll look like. I don't know if for years we'll, we'll be practicing some kind of social distancing. I have no idea what it's going to look like. But I know this. The Lord is still going to be with you. Some of you may never recover from your business. Right now, I think about people who own restaurants. Many of them survived the first time. I don't know if they can survive the second time. I think about people who earn their living by waiting tables and serving. And now, once again, they have no income. But unlike before, there's no stimulus package to bail them out. I don't know how this is going to end for some of them. But I know this. I know the Lord will still be the same. Because he is steadfast and he is faithful. So when we find ourselves in very dire circumstances, we look around and we think, I, I don't know how a business is going to fare. I don't know how my health is going to fare. Maybe you're in a situation where you're not even sure how a relationship is going to fare. One thing you can be certain about is that the Lord will still love you after this pandemic, just like he did before, because he is steadfast and faithful. And when we recognize this in our life, we have a reason to give thanks to the Lord. God is working in our lives. The Bible says in verse 4, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work at the works of your hands. I sing for joy. Uh, I'm kind of a planner. I really am. I've always been a strategic planner. I've always thought way ahead. 
when I was in the, the seventh grade, I was planning on uh, what career I was going to pursue after I got out of uh, school. I've always been a planner, thinking ahead. The frustrating thing about that is uh, the Lord seems to constantly kind of redirect my plans and send me in, in different directions. When the Lord called me into ministry, he totally messed up all the great plans that I had for my life. I mean that very facetiously because what God has in store for us is greater than anything we could ever plan and have in store for ourselves. And the Bible talks about in this verse 4 about the work of the Lord. And I hope that you followed the Lord long enough that you can look back through your life and see how God was working and bringing about circumstances in your life. And even when God doesn't bring about the circumstances, God is able to use them and to work them together for good in your life. The very first church that I ever served was just a very difficult experience for me. Had a very difficult time with the pastor. And um, uh, it, was, it, was, it was just brutal. It really was. But I found that, that the Lord toughened me up through that experience and prepared me for the next church. I experienced things at that church that prepared me for the next place in my life. When I look back, I see many times that things did not work out the way that I wanted them to, but now I look back and see how God used that to actually accomplish his will in my life. I want you to know that when you follow the Lord, he works in your life. And there's times that you can see it. And you, you look back and you say, oh, this makes so much sense how God was orchestrating all these things to bring them about in my life to get me to where I needed to be with my family and my faith in the church. And then sometimes you look at a situation and you say, well, I just don't know why in the world I went through that or what God is going to do with it. But just because you can't see how God is working in your life does not mean that he's not working. We walk by faith and not by sight. When we believe and trust in the character of God, then we know that he's doing something in our lives. And so I can give thanks that, that even when I don't understand how God is going to use this in my life or how he's going to lead me through it, I can give thanks to the Lord because he's working in my life. And I truly hope that you're able to look back and see some things that God has done in your life. Just make a list. Give thanks to the Lord for how he has provided for you. This past week, I was uh, coming back through Tennessee and visiting my mother for a little bit. And she, was, she was commenting on how some of the different events in my life that God had God had truly worked all those things together and blessed me greatly in this moment. I hope the same is true for you, that you can see God at work in your life. So when we find ourselves in the midst of a pandemic, we find ourselves in the midst of an economic crisis, we find ourselves sick, we find ourselves isolated from people, we find ourselves lonely, discouraged, we give thanks that God is working in our life. 
And if you can't see anything else that God has done for you, look back to how he sent his son to die in your place so that you might be forgiven and be saved. And we see God at work and we give thanks. We can give thanks that the world is temporary, but the Lord is eternal. Notice what the Bible says in verse 5. How great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. Uh, many arrogant people declare their works to be great, but the Bible, which is absolute truth, says that the Lord's works are great. Your thoughts are very deep. When we think about it, throughout history, we can read the Bible about what God has done in the lives of individuals, in the lives of the nation of Israel. And we see how God was orchestrating all these things to bring about his plan. And as I, I, I read the Bible and study it, I just find myself in awe sometimes at the, at the depth of Scripture. I've studied the Bible for a long time. I, I grew up in church. I, I went to a, a Christian school, majored in religion. I went to multiple seminaries. And yet I still find myself seeing all kinds of depth that I've never even seen before. And the Bible says here about the Lord, your thoughts are deep. Your thoughts are deep. See, not everybody understands what God is doing. Not everybody understands what God is doing in their life. Not everybody understands that even in the midst of a pandemic, they have truly a reason to give thanks in the midst of their pain. But the Bible says, how great are your works, O Lord. Your thoughts are very deep. The stupid man cannot know. The fool cannot understand this. That though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. The Bible speaks here of uh, envy from false perception. Envy is a, it's a terrible self-destructive sin. I've discovered that when we're envious, we're often envious of an illusion. That is where we see people and we think that they have no problems. We think that they have the perfect life. We think that everything just happens for them. And yet they have problems just like we do. They may have different problems, but everybody has problems. And so we find ourselves often envious of a person that doesn't even exist. In the Psalms, Asaph wrote about envy in Psalm 73. And he says, but when I thought, how to understand this. That is, when he thought about how to understand why evil people just seem to constantly prosper. He says, but when I thought how to understand this, it seemed to me a wearisome task until I went to the sanctuary of God. Then I discerned their end. The Bible is telling us both in Psalm 73 that we just read and in Psalm 92 that when we look around and we see people in the world that just seem to be flourishing apart from God. We need to look with a, 
a little longer perspective and see where life is taking them. And the Bible says here, though the wicked sprout like grass and all evildoers flourish, they are doomed to destruction forever. There's a lot of problems that we have in this life. But this life as we know it, the world as we know it, is temporary. It's passing away. But the Lord is eternal. And there's times that we look around, we can't figure out what God is doing and we can't understand. That's what the Bible says, the stupid man cannot know and the fool cannot understand. But it says that the Lord's thoughts are very deep. In Isaiah 55, verses 8 through 9, listen to what the Lord said to us through the prophet Isaiah. He said, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. For as high as the heavens, for as the heavens, excuse me, are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is doing something in the world that's this. It's beyond our understanding. And if you've committed your life to love him, to serve him, he's doing something in your life that's beyond your understanding. We want to be careful that we don't find ourselves like the stupid man who cannot know or the fool who cannot understand. But instead, in faith, let us trust God that his thoughts are deeper than our thoughts, that his ways are higher than our ways. Let us learn to trust him. And even when we can't see what God is doing in our life, let us give thanks that God is working in our midst. There is a lot of evil in the world, but the Bible encourages us to take comfort in the fact that this evil is temporary while the Lord is eternal. Verse 8, he says, But you, O Lord, are on high forever. For behold your enemies, O Lord, for behold your enemies shall perish. All evildoers shall be scattered. You see, the Bible tells us that there is going to be a day of judgment. There is going to be a new heaven and a new earth. And the things that we experience now with all the difficulties and problems are, are passing away. In Revelation chapter 21, as John describes this new heaven and this new earth, and he speaks about there was no more death and no more crying, there's this beautiful phrase there. It says, for the former things have passed away. I don't know about you, but when I look around the world, there's a lot of things that I'd like to see pass away. Violence, sickness, disease, pain and suffering. And yet the Bible gives us this hope that they are temporary. They're temporary. And so when you think about how do we give thanks in the midst of a pandemic, Many people who have led nations and armies recognize that there's more to a war 
than a single battle. And many people have gone out and lost a battle and yet gone on to win the war. And I want you to understand that right now your suffering, your frustration, your difficulty, it may feel like a losing battle. But for those of us who have committed ourselves to follow the Lord, when the war is over, the victory is ours. And so we can give thanks that God has given us victory and that he's given us life. Verse 10, notice what the Bible says here. But you have exalted my horn like that of the wild ox. Throughout the Bible, horn is used for power. Now, I don't know if David wrote this psalm. The Bible doesn't identify who wrote it. But the person who wrote Psalm 92 recognized that they were at the place they were in life because God had brought them there. He says, but you have exalted my horn." The reason that so many people struggle to give thanks when their circumstances are dark is because they believe that they have lifted up their horn. That is, they believe that they have gotten where they are by their own initiative and by their own success. They have earned it. And when something doesn't go well or something backs them up, then they feel like they've been robbed. But when we come to the point in our life that we recognize that what we have is because of God, Everything that we've accomplished is because he's enabled us to accomplish it. He's given us life. He's given us our intelligence. He's given us our health. He's the one that gave us everything that we needed to get this far in life. And when we recognize that it's God who's given us all this, then, then we can truly give thanks. We can give thanks. Even in the midst of discouragement, frustration, and pain. Verse 11, he talks about his success over his enemies. He says, my eyes have seen the downfall of my enemies. My ears have heard the doom of my evil assailants. Friend, righteous living leads to life. Notice what the Bible says in verses 12 through 15. The righteous flourish they flourish. The righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. They are planted in the house of the Lord. They flourish in the courts of our God. They still bear fruit in old age. They're ever full of sap and green to declare that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The Bible never promises that if we follow the Lord that we're going to be wealthy. Never promises that. Although God did bless many people with wealth throughout the scriptures. David, Solomon, Abraham, Joseph of Arimathea. There are many people that God has blessed with wealth, but there's no promise of, of wealth. There's many people that God has blessed with with good health. But there's no promise of that for all of us either. Sometimes God calls us into poverty. 
And sometimes God calls us into suffering. But God always leads us into life. And that's why the Bible says the righteous flourish like the palm tree and grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Verse 14, they still bear fruit in old age. God is leading us to eternal life. And like a tree that eventually gets diseased and unhealthy, no longer bears fruit. For those of us that have given our life and trusted in him, our worship and our work has just begun. Maybe you're watching here today and you're in the last decade of your life. Maybe you've, you're just not even able to get out anymore. And you feel discouraged, depressed. I'm promising you, just on the authority of God's word, no matter how young you used to be or how healthy you used to feel, if you're a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, your best days are yet to come. One day the Lord's gonna return and he's gonna resurrect our bodies and he's gonna give us a new and glorified body. We're not like the creation that ages and decays and disappears. The Bible says we still bear fruit in old age and we are ever full of sap and green. Now, how do we know all this? Well, unfortunately, many people are frustrated today because they built their life on things that don't last. But the Bible says that the Lord is our rock. And we depend and trust on him. He is immovable and he is unchanging. And for that, we can give thanks to the Lord. I want to encourage you today to take just a moment and reflect on why you can be thankful. Throughout this message several times, I've referenced that for those of us who have been saved, we always have a reason to give thanks. Maybe today you're listening by radio or you're watching by Facebook or YouTube. And you say, Pastor, I, I don't even have that to give thanks for. Here's what I want you to understand. Ultimately, we all have the same problem. And that's sin. The Bible tells us that we've sinned against God. If there's ever been a time in your life that you knew something was wrong and you did it anyway, you know exactly what sin is. If there's ever been a time in your life when you knew there was something that you should have done for the Lord but you didn't, you know what sin is. Sin is whenever we fall short of the glory of God. And yet even though we all have the same problem, God has provided for all of us the same solution. He sent his son who did what none of us have been able to do. He lived an absolute perfect and sinless life. So that when he went to the cross, he went in your place. You deserve to die for your sin. 
But yet Jesus died that horrific death for you. What's significant about Jesus' death is not how much he suffered, but the fact that he didn't deserve any of it. He paid a penalty that he didn't owe so that you could receive a gift that you don't deserve. And so I want to invite you today, if there's never been a time in your life that you've asked God for forgiveness, would you just stop wherever you are and just pray? You don't need any special words or magical formula. You don't need anybody to be with you. If you'll just speak to God where you are, he'll listen. And here's the promise that God gives us. It says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That means that if it's sincerity today, you call out to the Lord and ask for forgiveness, he'll hear that prayer and he'll answer. And regardless of anything else going on in your life, you'll have salvation and eternal life to give thanks for. Let's pray together. Father, help us to be thankful for your work in our life, even when we don't understand it, can't define it, and don't see it. May we live by faith and not by sight. For it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Uh, Wednesday night Bible study will also be on Facebook Live. I hope that you can join us then. Have a great Sunday.